G'day, g'day, guys. Now, before we dive into today's show, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Are you looking to take your investing career to the next level? Are you wanting an accountability partner who will push you to achieve your goals? Are you needing to surround yourself with successful investors and entrepreneurs in order to up your game and take control of your life? Well, if you've answered yes to any of those questions, I am super pumped and excited to announce that I'm starting the Syndicator Incubator Mastermind Group. This mastermind is a group of highly motivated, abundance-orientated, hand-selected hustlers and entrepreneurs who are ready to take that next step in their investing career. We are now taking applications for the next group of champions. If you're interested to find out more, then email me at info, that's I-N-F-O, at reedgoosens.com and put in the subject line, The Syndicator Incubator. Being a part of this mastermind group, you will have unlimited access to both myself and my business partner, Andrew Campbell, and you will understand how we have been able to build a portfolio of over 1,200 units worth over $120 million in under 24 months, and we've achieved financial freedom in the process. There are once a month mastermind calls with the group and a yearly conference where you will learn from the best in the business. So what are you waiting for? There are only limited spots, so get your application pack by emailing me at info at And remember, be bold, be brave, and go give life a crack. You look around to see what your competitors are doing and how can you stand out you know, in those touch points. You know, because again, mm-hmm. the touch points are very, very uh, important. Um, you know, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you provide more value? How do you get them to stop and say, hey, you know, this, this guy knows what he's talking about or this guy... Uh, or this company, you know, is interesting. Let me look more into them. So, yep, exactly. uh, and again, it's, it's difficult to be able to do that when you're doing it the same way as what everybody else is doing. Welcome to Investing in the US, a podcast for real estate investors, business owners, and aspiring entrepreneurs looking to break into the US market. Join Reid as he interviews go-getters, risk-takers, and the best in the business about their journey towards financial freedom and the sheer joy of creating something from nothing. G'day, g'day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another cracking edition of Investing in the US podcast from Los Angeles. I'm your host, Reid Goosens. Good as always to have you with us on the show. Now, I'm glad that you've all tuned in to learn from my incredible guests, and each and every one of them are the cream of the crop here in the United States when it comes to real estate investing, business investing, and entrepreneurship. Each show, I try and tease out their incredible stories of how they have successfully created their businesses here in the US, how they've created financial freedom, massive amounts of cash flow, and ultimately created extraordinary lives for themselves and their families. Life by design, as I like to say. Hopefully, these guests will inspire all of my cracking listeners, which are you guys, to get off the couch and go and take massive amounts of action. If these guys can do it, so can you. Now, as you know, I'm all about sharing the knowledge with my loyal listeners, which is you guys, and there's absolutely no BS on this show, just straight into the nuts and bolts. Now, if you do like this show, the easiest way to give back is to give us a review on iTunes, and you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter by searching at Reed Goosens. You can find the show wherever you podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play, but you can also find these episodes up on my YouTube channel. So head over to reedgoosens.com, click on the video link, and it will take you to the video recordings of these podcasts where you can see my ugly mug, but the beautiful faces of my guests each and every week. All right, enough out of me. Let's get cracking and into today's show. 
Today on the show, I have the pleasure of speaking with Matt Shield, CEO of Virtus Ventures. Matt's journey in real estate started when he was 19 years of age, which is nearly 20 years ago. Over his incredible investing career, Matt has had a wide range of experience from owning and operating an electrical contracting company to now integrating technology in real estate investing at the Virtus Ventures company. I'm really excited and pumped to have him on the show today to share his incredible story with us, but also his incredible knowledge about what he's learned from building something from nothing. But enough out of me, let's get him out here. G'day, Matt. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, mate? Thanks, Reed. Doing fantastic. Mate, so in the green room, we, I, I always tell my, my guests that I'm going to come out with this question at the beginning of the show. Rewind the clock and tell me how you made your first ever dollar as a kid. Oh, man. So I actually had a rather entrepreneurial uh, mindset as, as a, a child. So I actually found an old sewing machine, like one of the old pedal pedal sewing machines. Yep. And I fixed that thing all up. I painted it all nice and, and went to a, an antique store and the antique store ended up buying it. So I did that a couple more times. And this was probably when I was, at, I don't know, 10 or so, something like that. So I, I've always had the entrepreneurial bug, but I, I think that's probably the first, the first dollar that I actually you know, made myself. So fixing up sewing machines, that would have been something quite unique back in the day for a 10 year old. So yeah, I didn't get into like the intricate, you know, machinings and everything, but uh, you know, basically just painting them, cleaning them up, you know, that kind of thing. So it. It, was, it was interesting. Put, putting lipstick on a pig, right? Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so mate, now walk us through the journey of where you've come from. You know, uh, you, you, I mentioned in the beginning, you started real estate investing all the way back when you were 19 years of age, which was nearly 20 years ago, but you've also had some incredible, uh, you've started businesses, you now are at Virtus Ventures. Um, walk us through that journey and how you've built something from really nothing. Yeah. So I, again, I started buying houses when I, when, when I was 19. Uh, my family's always been in, interested in real estate. So we, uh, an aunt of mine actually had a number of rental properties and I grew up you know, watching what she was doing. So I, I kind of knew the game, uh, you know, getting into it. Uh, that first uh, property was just the fix and flip. So I had that for about six months or so, and then rolled that into uh, a number of other rental properties and some uh, fix and flips. When I was, so, so actually the whole reason why I got involved in uh, electrical contracting was because the electrical side of, you know, the home and rentals and all of that, no one really knew in my family. Again, this was kind of a family type thing. So no one really knew the the ins and outs of electrical. So that's why I started getting into that originally. Uh, fast forward a couple of years, I think I was involved. I worked for someone for about five years or so. I think it was 21, 22, something like that. And as soon as I was able to, I, I went and got my state certification and started my own electrical contracting company. So that combined with the real estate worked really, really nicely. Uh, if the contracting business wasn't, you know, that terribly busy, I would send the guys to the houses to work, you know, work on the houses. Um, so that went really well for a good number of years until 2008 when, you know, the, the financial uh, crisis hit. Uh, so I, this was in Cleveland, Ohio. So I live in Cleveland, Ohio still. And uh, there wasn't very much, work to be had for electrical contractors around uh, in the area. So fortunately, um, I'm going to say about three years or so before that, we started getting involved in energy management through the contracting side of the business. So basically what that meant was we would go into companies and tell them what to do to save and conserve energy. And to be quite honest with you, we would target um, uh, 
warehouse or, or businesses that had warehouses. And most of the time they had the big round metal halide um, fixtures. So at the time, some new technology came out. So we were you know, quite literally swapping out those fixtures and uh, the, the new fixtures would draw literally half as much as what the old ones um, drew. So long story short, through that process, we started getting involved in controlling buildings remotely. So we were turning on lights, air conditioning systems, you know, all, all of those types of systems remotely, which, you know, this was again, 2005, six, seven. Uh, so it was really quite early, you know, now that's not a big deal. We can control our toasters from our phone. So it's not that, not that big of a deal anymore. Uh, but back then it was pretty, uh, pretty advanced. So again, when the, the, economy tanked in 2008, we made the switch more into the technology side of things. So uh, we had a little bit of background, you know, as far as coding. And fortunately, uh, that's right around the time when the first iPhone came out. So I think we were one of the first like 20,000 apps to be launched in the app store. Wow. Uh, it, it didn't do anything. The app didn't go anywhere. You know, we didn't really make any money off of it, but um, you know, it was an experience. Uh, so, so that's where the technology company sort of spawned from and, uh, it's grown and evolved over the years, but, uh, but that's kind of how I got started in all of this. Well, it's, you know, you said in the beginning in the green room before we press record that you were nervous or not nervous, but you were wanting to know if you wanted to bring the real estate theme into it. And part of this whole podcast is understanding that you've, you've seen growing up, you've used real estate as a vehicle, but then you might've transitioned into another part of the business, which was electrical contracting, which then morphed into uh, an app, which is now grown into this business today. The, the whole point of what real estate does as a vehicle is that it allows you to think laterally about where you want to go and how you earn money, right? And so you had a pain point of the electrical contracting piece. So you went and figured it out, right? You just, you, you said, I'm smart enough and ugly enough to go do this. And then from there, that was like, hey, we've seen this really cool technologies coming out with just with electrical uh, fixtures, we can go and replace them uh, for, for these big warehouses. And then from that, that shows like, we need a technology back platform so people can use it easier and, and have our product easier. So all these things more from the fact that you did one property back in the day. And I, did, I love that type of stuff because it's about creating uh, a different mindset in and around what you, um, what you, you know, what you, what you do. So, so yeah. Um, mate, uh, excuse my dog barking in the background, but, no Walk us through how, what the technology looks like today and how you've, you know, that first app back in 2006 um, or seven, uh, when the iPhone first came out, what, what does it now look like today? So that app actually isn't even around any longer. Uh, so that, that app was called the Juju List, which basically what we were trying to do was create um, kind of a digital, I don't know if you guys have Angie's List there, but basically a, a way for homeowners to be able to take a picture of whatever it is that they need to have fixed, uh, you know, and, and request a, a contractor. Again, I'm kind of falling back on the contractor routes at that point. So, so we had, you know, carpenters, we had plumbers, we had electricians all signed up for the service. And, and, you know, for them, it's a lead generation service. And for homeowner side of things, it's a way to be able to get whatever it was fixed. So, um, again, the technology worked well, but at the time we didn't really understand marketing at all. Uh, and a number of other apps came out that were you know, much more funded than what we were. So, so that, uh, kind of, you know, burned off in the wayside, but throughout that process. So, so basically what the technology company does today is we go into companies and evaluate how information flows through their company. 
So that means, you know, they take their leads in, they, you know, add a bunch of information to it, whether that be loans or, um, you know, gathering, you know, further information about that particular project. Uh, we, 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 under, we basically figure out how the company runs. Uh, then we create software to be able to automate, streamline, manage as much of that, as much of that process as we possibly can. So, so, you know, sort of going back, you know, through the genesis of all of this, um, started off in real estate, um, got into the electrical, that went to the technology side of things. And I kind of stopped buying real estate, you know, when the technology company was, uh, you know, just getting started. Uh, fast forward to about 2015 or so, 2016, something like that, I started to get the itch to get back into real estate again. And by now, obviously, we have a much more uh, connected lifestyle. So I was able to find a lot more information than what I could, you know, back in uh, 2000 or so. So uh, I started looking back at, you know, doing homes and rentals and all of that and kept coming across apartment investing. Uh, so that's basically the niche that we went down was, was basically focusing in on multifamily uh, apartment investing uh, just because of the scale and, you know, the ability to be able to do a lot more with, uh, you know, doing basically the same amount of work, I shouldn't say the same amount of work, but you know, buying one property is, uh, it takes a lot of work, you know, no matter what you're doing. Um, but you, know, you can do that, you can buy 200 units uh, with generally about the same amount of work as what it would take to buy one, you know, one house. So, and then having everything under you know, one roof for, you know, for a few roofs in that one area, um, the economy of scales just makes so much more sense. So yeah, exactly. No, that you you, you hit the nail on the head. That's why a lot of people get involved in multifamily real estate, and why it's one of the hottest uh, commercial industries or commercial real estate assets in the market right now. Um, but tell me how the the technology company has morphed. Is it still in play today? Is it, or is it sort, oh, yeah. of, sort of set it set it and you've, you've built this machine? And now it can just sort of run on its own to allow you to go and you know invest in multifamily now. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 one of the key things that I have the security to know that this other machine, as you put it, is running in the background. Um, I do have to still spend a little bit of time, but it, it does run pretty well without me. Um, you know, every now and then I'll get involved and you know push some things along. But I would say you know my my weeks are probably maybe 10% on the technology company and then the rest is on, you know, real estate. And obviously again, in real estate, very, very competitive. So it, it does take quite a bit of time traveling around looking at, you know, all kinds of different areas and properties, you know, all around. So, um, so yes, technology company is still there, still running strong. The systems are in place uh, where, you know, the leads come in, someone follows up with those leads, figures out what it is that, you know, they're looking to do. And then we, the way that we, the way that we structure this is basically we take the the prospects through a um, kind of a course, if you will, where we uncover you know exactly where their pain points are. And again, this is just sort of high level in the beginning, but we uncover where their pain points are, and then we you know show them what life could look like you know after you you uh, relieve those pain points, relieve those areas that are you know problematic. You know, you, right now, maybe they're using folders, Manila folders, and those folders get lost, and then nobody can do anything on that particular project to, until that folder is found. So um, a lot of, a lot of uh, companies still run that way, where, again, there's a very manual, um, uh, just very manual physical Process. thing that's being created, that's getting passed around. And 
uh, obviously that just creates a lot of bottlenecks in that. So, so those are the types of companies that normally we, we deal with. And so, are you the interface between the physical manila folder type of company and the World Wide web? <laughs> uh, kind of. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, that the physical manila folder, if you will, uh, again, that there's stuff and all kinds of information in there and that folder at the end, you know, this is all of our work that we've, you know, gathered together. So now, you know, we can go and sell or install or whatever it is that, you know, that they're doing. Um, they take that folder and then it just gets stuck into, you know, a file folder, which then, you know, if that, that customer ever calls back, they have to go back through the file folders and find them. Right. So, so basically what we do is we, we create the software that allows them to be able to log into the system. Um, and, and I should preface this, a lot of, a lot of companies today are trying to use off the shelf software for doing exactly this. Uh, and the problem is, is that there's, going, there's always a lot of high learning curves uh, to that software and it, the software is never going to work the way that you know, this company has evolved. And again, some of these companies have been around for 40, 50 years. So trying to change an entire company with the way that they're doing things, the way that they're processing things is incredibly, incredibly difficult. So what we do is we basically, again, go in, evaluate how they're doing things, uh, and then we just give them essentially a different interface to put the exact same type of information in. Um, you know, we, we have this path that we develop that, you know, certain people only see certain things at a certain point, you know, in that path. So, um, so again, it just, it, it gives everybody the ability to be able to log into that Manila folder at the same time, uh, do their thing. They can see where the project is at, what needs to be done yet. Uh, so again, it just sort of automates and streamlines the entire process. And I, I kind of have this Manila folder. We're actually working on a, a project right now that's doing basically exactly that. So that's why I keep referring back to the Manila folders. No. But uh, but there's all kinds of different processes and systems. That no, exactly. But but I think the the big thing for like I would compare it to say maybe a project management software system like Smartsheets or yep. Tr Trello. Is it Trello? Trello? Tr Trello? Trello. Um, yeah. Trello, where you sort of have a an inter a dashboard. You can add projects you can add users you can save documents you can save yep. it down and that's that's really the technology i know in in our business with my business partner and i we only have uh, two employees but we we, we run 1800 units um we manage 1800 units we are under management we use google drive you know and then we just mm -hmm. set up our folders uh, on google drive under each project each project has a set amount of different folders like admin or accounting or capital expenditure or, or invoices, something very stock standard or entities or invest, yep. you know, equity. And then through that, we can start, you know, shuffling it through and making sure it goes in the right folder and we can go find it. Um, it's very basic right now for what our company at the scale of it is, but I'm sure your technologies or your pieces can come along and create a whole new world for these companies that have been pretty much stuck in the dinosaur era. Would that, would that be, would that be a correct statement? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And, and what always ends up happening too is, you know, the, we, we, we were approached because they have this one small problem and then, uh, you know, they realize, Oh, this is running so much more smoothly. Then they start thinking about, Oh, what about this? How about this? Can we do this? And it just keeps, um, you know, it just keeps evolving from there. And, you know, there's just more and more things that they can, that they realize that they can do too. You mentioned before that you off the off the shelf products. So you sounds like you're a really a custom software technology interface for for a wide range of businesses, right? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll make, you know, dashboard or, or um, desktop softwares or mobile apps, you know, so again, we've, we've dealt with a lot of sales teams that have a specific thing that they're trying to sell. And it's, it's difficult to be able to show the customer exactly, you know, how it's working or what's going on from a picture or, you know, from some static image. Um, so we've done, you know, a lot of animations and actually shown people, you know, shown the, uh, the customers, you know, this is what's happening and this is how it's going to work, you know, so we, we get into, you know, sort of explaining the product uh, as well. So, yep. yep. No, and then what's been the biggest hiccup or what's been the number one pain point that you see from business to business, regardless of what they actually do or the, the widget that they sell or the service that they provide, what's been their number one hook uh, hang up when you've come into these things? I'm sure they, there'd have to be a, a consistency through all of it, given that they're coming from this manila folder physical type of world. I could imagine, I'm just picturing in my mind, like massive filing cabinets pulling out, you know, they, they, they come four feet out of the wall and you try and look, you know, the alpha, uh, alphabetical, alphabetically, uh, arranged and you're trying to go through the folder and oh, he, here's Joe Blow's application. And I've got to run back to the phone and pick yep. it up. It just sounds so chaotic. So what's the number one thing that you see from business to business? Ah, uh, man. So yeah, there's so many, uh, I mean, I would say that they, they all suffer from some sort of bottleneck and it's mm -hmm. just a matter of someone realizing that, you know, there's gotta be a better way to do this. There, there's someone, you know, in the facility that's just constantly banging their head against the wall for something, for some reason, a lot of, a lot of companies that actually, so what a lot of companies end up doing is, you know, they're taking all of this information from all of these, these different areas. And then, you know, the, the management still wants to see, you know, reports and all of that, you know, yes, they have their, their accounting reports, but you know, companies that run this way, they don't necessarily have ways to be able to uh, track leads. And, and a lot of these companies might have, you know, physical shows that they're going to and, and collecting leads from. So, again, this just gets into so many different, there's so many different paths with this, but ultimately what it all ends up boiling down to is someone has to do these reports to tell the management how the company is doing as a whole. And when you have this manual process, this manual way of bringing all of this information together, there's always a lot of, um, there's always a lot of, of mistakes that happen because again, people are manually, manually keying things in. It's not, you know, being funneled in and being calculated along the way. It's someone sitting there at the end, you know, we had 20 leads come from here and it resulted in this much and this salesperson sold this much and went out on this many leads. It, it just all, all of that data, all of that information, all coming to a head is normally what we've seen as being sort of the catalyst to, to you know, saying this is crazy. There's got to be a better way to do this. And then they right. start, you know, searching for ways to be able to um, automate that more. But again, it's really the data entry that is the key of being able to bring all of that information into one, one home that can then be split apart and digested however they need it to be. Uh, and this delayed. really comes down to, you mentioned before, the bottleneck of management. And I talk a lot about on the show about time management. And, and I'm guilty of it myself. When you're in the fire, right, you can't see what is not working right? You're yep. so focused on getting the next person done or the next lead or that task or this task. And it takes that outside of you, some maybe a new employee who's come with some different skill sets or different experience and say, this is archaic and we can't operate like this. This is not efficient. And cre but it, it, what it boils down to is creating the time 
for the upper management to think laterally and think freely about what this whole process is and taking pausing and saying what's not working or how do we make this better and yep. i think that comes from the top down and, and a lot of people who listen to the show a lot of inter, um, interviews that i do are with solo entrepreneurs right they are the bottleneck because they don't ha- they don't have the time to create the assets which is essentially what you're doing you're helping them create a digital asset within the business to make it more efficient right and that is something that they're investing in they're investing back into the business in order to make them free up more time so they don't have to be with the blinkers on and in the fire and constantly putting out fires and i think it's we got to we got to address that part because without having that time freedom or the ability to think like that in order to take a pause and say okay what's not working and now let's go and hire matt <laughs> to come in here and help me with these processes is super important and that applies to my real estate business that applies to your electrical contracting business that applies to any business in in which the owner or the ceo gets somehow in the bottleneck so i think i I, that i sort of set you up that question because i knew where it was going to go because i I reckon that's going to be the commonality between all your projects that you see is just these these founders and and the founder syndrome where people can't get the hell out of their own way right and so and they cause these these massive issues. A lot of it, a lot of it, again, has been generated over years and years and years of, you know, yep. oh, that's just the way that it's done. That's what we've always done. And like you said, it always seems to be there's someone new who comes in and says, you guys have been doing it this way for how long? Yep. And, you know, that's when it's, when it, you know, kind of takes this other direction. So yep. um, that that's uh, often called, uh, I, I hear this referred to a lot as I'm a mentality. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. You know, so you're just relying on one person, which again, isn't really necessarily a business that can be scalable. You have to be able to, you know, create those systems and step away from it and, you know, look in on it and figure out, you know, where, again, where are those bottlenecks? Um, which again, you can't do that if you're focusing and, on everything. And do you want to talk maybe a little bit self-reflecting on how you've created your technology company in order so that your 10% of your time is now focused on that technology company what systems have you brought in place in order for you to step away and look at multifamily now yeah so we actually created again we created our own uh, internal software so you know as we get inquiries uh, on the website it uh, it just funnels right into the system so you know people will you know make an inquiry and you know it just our sales process is basically to uh try to get in and, and provide value as quickly as we possibly can. So again, that's, that's that, uh, the, the um, program that we bring people through uh, just to try to start getting them to see what, what tomorrow, what the future can look like if you eliminate whatever this, you know, whatever this problem is, whatever this complaint is. So, uh, so again, ours is, you know, very much so it's kind of a, like a Trello-ish type dashboard where we've got, you know, lists of people in you know, this stage of, uh, you know, these are the new people that are, you know, just in the, the very beginnings. And then we've got people that are in various stages of, um, you know, the decision making. So it's, you know, from, from our standpoint, um, you know, that that process works very, very well, which then, you know, kind of ties into some of our, um, you know, our bug tracking uh, programs and all of that, which we use some off the shelf programs for things like that. Um, but we're able to tie into, you know, tie the progress of that report into these other tools so that you know the customer can say okay you know they're working on you know this this and this all from you know the one dashboard or the one interface so um so yeah so that's that's how we basically have done it got it got it if you think about your business as uh, a menu right you've got your appetizers you've got your free bread on the table that they come around and they give it to you with a bit of bread and butter to get you started you got your appetizers and your entrees and your desserts 
Walk us through the products that you offer people in order so the listeners can say, oh, hey, I might need to reach out to Matt because I've got this business that I'm running or even my real estate business that I need to automate a little bit more. What, what, what services do you offer in that sort of order? Yeah, so I would say that it goes, I, I, really the, the two things that we do are, are basically apps and software. Uh, and when we're talking about software, it's you know, databases and, you know, something that you're doing on the computer. We don't necessarily get into, you know, just building a website, although, you know, some of the technologies tie into a website. So, so again, there's, there's a lot of, I guess, sort of uh, hierarchy that you kind of have to understand how this all works. So, you know, basically you have your top level, you know, website and a lot of people's websites don't really do anything. It's just, you know, contact us here. Um, you know, maybe it goes into, you know, some type of MailChimp or some type of right. uh, email responder. Um, what we Guilty. basically do. <laughs> yeah. So what we basically would do is, is kind of a step below, you know, sort of your forward facing things. And again, we can create websites and sometimes you know, we do tie into that, but we're sort of a step below that. So what happens to that customer's information uh, and, and contact after they've reached out and you know, raised their hand and said, Hey, I could use your service. Uh, so we we kind of step in and manage that lead uh, through your business process, you know, as it as it develops. And again, depending on what the business is, I mean, certain businesses aren't all that terribly complicated. Uh, you know, maybe it's you know I need to buy one thing, you know, so our our system wouldn't necessarily be a fit for that. But I mean, if you have multiple salespeople who are all being scheduled different times, and uh, you know, then you have installation crews who are going out and sell or installing whatever the the salesperson just sold. Um, you know, maybe you're you're doing financing for customers as well. You know, there's a lot of information that gets tied into you know, each one of those opportunities. So that's where that's where we would sort of step in and um, you know help explain or, or or help manage that process as it develops. So uh, and and even you know sort of taking a step back from that um, on the sales side of things again too. I mentioned this earlier you know, you're forward facing, explaining what it is that you do. Again, a lot of times people sort of get hung up and, and uh, it's difficult for them to be able to, to describe to someone who doesn't understand anything about, you know, what's happening in my house, for instance, if you're selling something, you know, in a home. So being able to actually have a, a, a physical thing, animation to be able to show the customer that, you know, your basement is cracked this way because you, you, this is happening underneath your house. You can't see any of that, but this is how we would solve it. You know, if we, if we, um, you know, had to come in and, and do this and then it makes a lot more sense. So again, just uh, as an example, one of our customers is in the waterproofing business and right. um, you know, they, they had a very difficult time to be able to describe to homeowners, you know, why is there, you know, a step crack it's called in mm -hmm. my basement um, so then we create the animation and we can show exactly how, you know, how that well, works. You, you hit on a very interesting point there, which is creating a funnel where someone does in this, all the listeners out there, you, if you're not, in, you are all in the sales business, regardless if you own a real estate investment company or not, that is what you essentially have to do and creating content so someone can understand it 
so they can step through your process is super important. Um, mm-hmm. for, for me, it happens to be this podcast and people can listen to, you know, why, why I do what I do. And they can go to my website and find out a little bit more. They can read a book about me. They can, you know, there's, there's all these different tools. You happen to create an animation for this waterproofing company, but is it, it, the key is once you've captured that lead to keep them in, in, intrigued and train them through your content or education. So they understand what the end goal is. They can come through your mousetrap. Uh, for me, it happens to be, I want, I want my, my leads to come in and, and eventually become either um, become a real estate investor with me. That's, that's, yeah. you know, that's what I want. Um, but they could read the book. They can do the podcast. They can get on a call with me. They can read my blogs. There's a whole bunch of steps before they can start saying, okay, Hey, I'm interested in what the opportunities that Reed has to, you know, you know, in, I can invest with Reed. Then I will then get on, they will then get on my uh, email list to them when I do have an opportunity to invest in it. They're on that and they can see that first coming. So, all those things are trained every step of the way, but it hasn't just been a cold turkey of like our leads come in and they just sit there doing nothing. And yeah. so I think it's really, really important for people out there thinking about the processes behind when a lead comes in, regardless of the business, because it's all the same, what touch points are you doing? And, and, and part of what I think you're essentially saying is someone, when you're in the sales process, someone does not just instantly you know, here's my credit card. Let's go. I've never heard of you. Um, let's go. You know, like they don't just buy something straight off the shelf, you know, to, to, to a lesser degree, you know, um, they need to learn a little bit more about you, particularly if it's an investment or a service-based company where you need to explain them a little bit more about what you do. So you need those touches, right? You need those couple of videos or a couple of emails, or a couple of blogs, a couple of, you know, whatever it might be. So they can, t- they can touch the business. They can touch the service that you're trying to offer. They can get comfortable with it. And then when you come to a sales call or a sales pitch it's like yeah i want to invest with you or i want to buy that waterproofing company or the waterproofing product in order to fix my basement there's all these things that come from it so yeah yeah yeah. i I would i would also say too that one of the things that you want to try to do is is look at what all your competitors are doing too and try to stand out you know yes differently you know don't don't um you know this is difficult to be able to you know draw a direct path but like in the waterproofing companies um, situation, they, they are very much so, uh, aligned with technology. So again, you know, they used to, before we came in, they used to walk in quite literally with a big box full of information that they would pull all kinds of literature and pictures and graphics and all of that out. Um, quite literally, I mean, it was like, you know, two handles walking in and dropping this on the kitchen table and, you know, pulling all this stuff out. So now they walk in with an iPad and everything is right there on the iPad. Again, all the animations and all that. They're able to tell a much, much more condensed story and a much more compelling story as well. So that's unlike what anyone else is doing in the industry. Most of the other guys are walking in with, you know, a little pamphlet, little flyer and saying, you know, here's who we are. You know, here's a couple of projects that we've done. You know, let me look at, you know, your basement basically. So, you know, I think that that's, that goes for pretty well, you know, any type of business, you look around to see what your competitors are doing and how can you stand out, you know, in those touch points, you know, because again, the touch points are very, very uh, important. Um, You know, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you provide more value? How do you get them to stop and say, Hey, you know, this, this guy knows what he's talking about or this guy uh, or this company, you know, is interesting. Let me look more into them. So, yep, exactly. uh, and again, it's, it's difficult to be able to do that when you're doing it the same way as what everybody else is doing. So or it's difficult to think about doing that when you're in the fire of trying to just exactly 
do the service, right? You're in, you're in the, you got to create that time and energy and mindset and, and space. So you can think about it differently and go laterally rather than, you know, providing that value, but in a different way. So you do stand out. I think it's super, super important. Well, Matt, I've really enjoyed having you on the show. Um, but at the end of every show, we'd like to dive into the top five investing tips. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. Mate, what is the daily habit you practice to keep on track towards your goals? I actually write them. I write down one goal uh, that I've written down for the last, I don't know, probably three years or so. Uh, and I just look at that every day. And that's, you know, that's one thing I do every day to try to try to keep that top of mind. Your, that goal being what the next five, the five year or the 10 year goal is like the target. Yeah. So, so we always, I always have like in the real estate side of things, our goal this year is to buy a thousand units. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, you know, it was kind of the new update uh, from this year. So it's always based around, you know, certain tasks or certain things that I'm trying to achieve. And right now that's, that's the goal is to bring in, you know, that many units uh, awesome. this year. So awesome. Where, where are you looking? <laughs> uh, so in the U S uh, I would, so I live in Cleveland. So uh, Ohio, you know, there's Cleveland, Cincinnati, Columbus, those areas. Uh, and then my partner is uh, down in Atlanta. So Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Texas, those are probably about all the different areas. So again, I'm, I'm traveling around a lot, you know, trying to find these, these different opportunities all over the place. So that's awesome. Mate, what is the, who's the most influential person in your career to date? Uh, man, so I would say, so, so right away, a guy named Howard Primer, uh, came to mind. So Howard is a, uh, a mentor of mine in the real estate industry, uh, incredibly, incredibly successful. He's, he's been in the business for 20 plus years. Uh, so yeah, so he comes to my mind right away that, you know, he's probably been the most influential uh, person right now. Awesome. Uh, in your, I know you, you've got a technology business, which is, I always love this question, but what is the most influential tool that could be software. It could be hardware. It doesn't, doesn't matter. What's the most influential tool you use on a daily basis in your business? Uh, I would, I would have to say Slack. Um, yep. You know, so, so what I love about Slack is again, I, I have different interests. So I have um, the technology company uh, is sort of on one, you know, one little icon on the side. And then we have the real estate business we're tied into a couple of other companies so i just love being able to reach out to specific people specific companies have everything all you know all organized all in one platform um so yeah so we're we're big users of slack i mean we we use that all day every day you know that's that's probably one of our main tools to be able to communicate and distribute information awesome awesome stuff uh in one sentence what has been the biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from that failure uh, let's see. So I would say probably the first, the first real estate, well, getting back into real estate, the first big real estate deal that we did, uh, we got involved in a, uh, it was almost a 300 unit student housing project. And we jumped right in, you know, didn't know anything about the, the people who were running the project or anything like that. Uh, and it was a complete, fiasco from, you know, basically right from the beginning, uh, you know, not, it didn't seem like very much was happening. So, you know, we, myself and the other people that were involved in this sort of inserted ourselves in as much as we could to try to push the process along. Um, but unfortunately that, that project, uh, it's actually, 
uh, I think it's probably just about finally dead, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think that it's ever going to close. Uh, and that's been going on for about a year and a half now wow. or so. Um, so, so yeah, so we, we're going to lose some money on that, but, uh, you know, through that process, that was probably the biggest failure, but what I learned from it was, you know, obviously know who you're investing in. Don't just jump in, you know, blindly just because, you know, don't get the shiny object syndrome. Mm. Um, you know, always do your research, always understand who the people are, what their, what their goals are. Um, you know, just, just understand as much as you possibly can about them. Um, but the benefit that came from that was I did meet some of my, my current partners today. We realized that, you know, we've got a lot of commonality. We both um, are able to work very well together. We both are, you know, sort of hard chargers. Uh, so, you know, had we not been in that project together, maybe we wouldn't have ever realized that. Uh, and we, we both bring different things, different strengths to the table as well. So it, uh, it, it was a, a, a good experience uh, to learn what not to do. And then it also was, was positive because again, I, I met one of my, one of my, uh, partners and friends, uh, out of that. So awesome. Awesome stuff. No, very, very wise advice about jumping into bed too quickly with, uh, with, with someone because you do have that shiny object syndrome, mate. Last question, where can people reach you to continue the conversation? If they want to get a little bit more in your sphere and find out a little bit more about what you do, where do they go? Yeah, so I actually have been trying to make an effort at uh, being on Instagram uh, quite a bit more. So uh, it's Matthew Shields uh, is the the handle there. So that's probably the best way to to sort of see what I'm uh, what I'm up to and what what's going on. Uh, so hopefully I continue on that path. Um, but uh, but they can go to vertusventures.com too and and uh, reach out there as well. Awesome, so. awesome. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for coming on today's show. I want to just reflect a little bit of the things that I took away from your story. I think the biggest one is the journey through using or seeing how real estate works back at a young age, and seeing what was the bottleneck within that process going off and then creating a solution for that process, which then led to another business in itself, and it's sort of that's the beauty of real estate is that it keeps feeding other different businesses, other ideas and real estate is truly a long-term wealth generation. But through that process, you can create businesses that can also supplement or complement your other businesses and create an ecosystem, which becomes even more stronger in terms of diversification and resilience in terms of if a recession ever comes. So I think that was probably the number one thing that I took away from today's show, which is just your ability to see opportunities and not be afraid to go off and give it a crack and give it a go at it and then create something awesome out of it, which has now created time freedom for you to go back into the real estate and start looking for more deals, which is really what it's all about. And I think the biggest message is that you don't, everyone wants to get into real estate and think real estate is going to just be time freedom, time freedom, time freedom. It's a business as itself. You can create time freedom through technologies, through processes, through a business. You don't have to specifically use real estate. It just happens to be one vehicle. And I think your story really brought that to the fore in terms of you can get, become financially, quote, unquote, financially free or have time freedom through a business rather than real estate. And I think that's an incredible lesson that, that, that I, at least I took away from today's show. Uh, did I leave anything out? No, I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome, man. Well, look, thank you so much for jumping on today's show. Um, enjoy the rest of your week and we will catch up very, very soon. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Another cracking episode jam packed with some incredible advice from Matt. Um, if you do want to find out any bit about what he does, and if you are thinking that you need some help in managing your own processes, go over to Virtus 
uh, Ventures over virtuesventures.com and find out a little bit more about what he does and the services that he offers to business owners, entrepreneurs to help them become more free and you know get out of the dinosaur age and into the new technologies that we have around us in order to create systems so you can t- create more time for yourself to go off and do what like Matt does, invest in real estate. Uh, I want to thank you all again for taking some time out of your day to continue to learn about your financial IQ because that's what we all do on this show. We're going to do it all again next week. So be bold, be brave, and remember, go give life a crack.